Payments Podcast from Bottomline Technologies. Hello and welcome to the Payments Podcast. This is Tom Dolan, General Manager of PayModex at Bottomline Technologies. I'll be your host today for a podcast with one of our very special partners. MRI Software has taken the analog business, in this case, real estate management, and almost single-handedly dragged it into the digital era. Our MRI's technology platform meets the unique needs of the real estate business, from property level management and accounting to investment modeling and analytics for the global commercial and residential markets. More than 50 years into its lifespan, MRI has complemented the agency model with what it calls liberating software platform that allows real estate professionals to automate their back office operations and do what they do well, real estate. Having worked with MRI this past year, I have a theory as to what makes MRI so successful. They're singularly focused in the vertical, and by doing so, they have carved out a significant share of that marketplace. Of course, that's simplifying the issue. To get into the details, we've invited Sean Slack, MRI's VP of Partnerships. And Sean, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Tom. Great to be here with you today, and I look forward to our session. You know, I've been here with uh, at MRI for a little over two years now, and it's my first foray into the to the real estate industry. I've spent the last 25 years or so in enterprise software systems companies like AT&T, NCR, and most recently came over from a company called Teradata. And I've been across all other industries, retail, finance, travel, transportation, manufacturing, life science, government, I mean, you name them. But this is my first foray into, uh, into real estate. And it was quite obvious to me day one, the opportunity for prop tech to really help transform this industry. So it's a very exciting time and, and I'm happy to be here with you today. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, I think there's so many software companies that fall into the trap of being too many things to too many people but not MRI, you guys have stayed really singularly focused on you know, property management and real estate industry uh, for 50 years today. How do you stay relevant? Well, I'll tell you, Tom, I mean, to your point, you don't find too many 50-year-old technology companies. Um, so, you know, we, we started back in 1971 and it was really doing accounting services in, in the real estate space. And obviously back, you know, back in the 70s, there was very little automation, but it was really around staying very focused on clients and, and bringing value to clients, right? And modernizing our approaches to how we bring that value that's propelled us to where we're at today. So we have deep roots in the real estate market, you know, both from a domain expertise perspective, but also as if we've grown across our, our technology stack, right? And the combination of those two things, right? Um, you know, domain expertise and technology, that's how you bring, you know, true value to customers at the end. Uh, and, and you really have to stay focused again on those, those client needs and in combination of those two things. So, I mean, if you fast forward to today, 50 years, you know, um, beyond our, our founding, we now cover the commercial segments, residential segments and, and occupier segments, right? And we have solutions that go from lead to lease, financial management, investment management, space and visitor management all the way through the end of the life cycle with reporting and analytics. And so we've continued to innovate and develop new, new solutions based on, you know, our customers' requirements and needs. That's awesome. But you do have competitors, right? I mean, we know a couple of them. Um, I'm impressed, you know, MRI just continually seems to dominate, you know, that market share conversation. Uh, and expanding the, the, you know, the number of companies that you guys call partners and customers. Uh, you know, 
how do you stay laser focused on prop tech with the additional you know competition that's out there uh and really set yourselves apart as mri what differentiates you well you know one of the things is as you talk about competition we view it as coopetition right and so even with our competitors um we, we partner with our competitors um you know we integrate with our competitors our belief here at mri is around having an opening connected ecosystem and our partner ecosystem is part of our ethos here right and it allows us to provide customers choice and allows them to bring the the solutions that they've either invested in or want to invest in together with ours, bringing together a, a best of breed stack for them, you know, to really run their business based off of their needs. And so that open and connected approach really kind of sets us apart um, from our competition. And, and, and we've taken that beyond our partner ecosystem, um, you know, and, and into other solutions that we have. Right. So, I mean, we have standalone point solutions that we've either built or bought that are multi-vendor in nature, right? And they run on our competitor's platform, again, embracing the, the coopetition model in the marketplace. You know, I'll tell you the other thing that, that comes to mind, you know, what, what separates us, um, and, and, and it was apparent to me when I joined the company, is the culture. We have a great internal culture here. I've said that since I joined the company, but also how we look at things externally from a, an environmental, social, and governance perspective in ESG perspective. You know, a great example of that is the MRI Software Foundation that we built, right? And it's there to help bolster underserved communities. And so, you know, we truly believe in transforming the way communities live and work and, and play. And, you know, we do that in all facets in the way we conduct ourselves, both at the business level, but also at the um, philanthropical level. You know, I think about we're both in the software business and uh, there's some great software brands out there. Apple comes to mind as one that not only is great at, at acquiring additional customers for their broad portfolio of, of products, but really customer retention. Uh, and, you know, certainly a software uh, you know, executives such as ourselves, we're focused on net retention rate. You know, MRI really has a standout, standout, uh, you know, just reputation as far as customer retention and, you know, customers that are loyal and proud to be MRI customers, you know, what's key to that success? I think there's a, a couple things there. So first of all, it's really listening to our clients and, and what they need from us you know, um, to help improve how their businesses are performing, right? It's all about the business outcome at the end of the day. How do we help them drive, you know, revenue, manage cost, retain customers for themselves? So it's about your customer's customer, right? And you've really got to have that, that transitive lens and look out that far to help understand how you're going to be able to provide, you know, um, value to them. So it's really listening to your clients and taking that feedback. And I would also say it's about driving innovation, right? Um, into your products and into your solutions, right? So if you look at, at what MRI is doing now, we're an AI first company. So anything we're doing from a development and a design perspective, how do we incorporate analytics into those workflows, whether it's machine learning or artificial intelligence, um, you know, to drive efficiencies in there and drive value back in, into our customers. And then, you know, last but not least, it's how do you take care of those clients after the sell, right? I mean, it, it, selling 
thing is is things that you know all software companies do but it's really that that client success after you know after the sale how do you get those products up and running for them how do you get them implemented and then ongoing down the road how do you make sure that they're successful using those solutions getting the value out of those solutions that uh, that they paid for so it's all really about focusing on the clients and driving innovation so sean we saw a lot of things change, you know, over the past two years with the COVID pandemic and how we work, how we work with our customers. Real estate in, uh, industry has to be one of the ones that was impacted the most in the way that the different slices of the, the vertical, for example, commercial real estate or multifamily were impacted by the pandemic. You know, what are some of the defining characteristics that you see in real estate business today, you know, post COVID um, and how do you see that playing out in the real estate vertical? Yeah, thanks, Tom. So, I mean, one of the things that jumps out at me is just the sheer size of the real estate market. If you talk about it in terms of GDP, it's about four trillion dollars of GDP, right? So it, it impacts us in, in every way and in, in every way we go through our lives on an everyday basis, right? Um, you know, as we look over the last couple of years, I think, you know, what happened during the pandemic, it actually helped companies move away from manual processes and adopt technology more because they were having to have people out of the office. And so they needed to use technology, right, to run their businesses remotely and virtually over the last couple of years. So it drove adoption of technology. And I think that trend is continuing as we go forward. If you look at, you know, some of the environments that, that were impacted, look at some of the office space. Um, you know, um, from the impact of, of COVID, right? We have now gone to this experience where people work completely remote and now they're coming back into hybrid models. And, you know, the, the employees of the world now kind of got used to that virtual um, working environment and they're really asking for and dictating a hybrid environment where they're in for a couple days and working in the office and then they're working virtual for, for three days or whatever the mix is. And that's caused a a lot of companies to really go back and take a look at those assets and how they optimize the use of those assets, you know, both from an economics perspective, but also from an employee retention perspective. So, I mean, 80% of their space before might have been utilized, you know, for, for butts and seat and, and, you know, working, and now they're moving to hoteling spaces, right? So how are they optimizing the usage and, and the space there? And so maybe 50% is used for, for workers now and, and coming in and they reallocate, you know, 10% of that space to childcare or, you know, a gaming area or, or putting in a cafeteria or a new cafe. So you've got that real transition of how the space was being used. I think, you know, another observation is, you know, take a look at malls. Malls took a huge hit during the pandemic, right? Nobody was going to a mall. And so a lot of those companies that had space in the mall have, have gone under, right? And so that space is freed up. And now you're seeing that, that space being replaced by healthcare companies, right? Coming in and, and which is a completely different use of that space. 
Um, you know, the other thing that I would, would throw in here is just, you know, where we're going at in the future. So take a look at some of the Internet of Things that, that are coming into the play from a technology perspective. And you'll see this across other industries, and it's all around predictive maintenance, right? So think of a big, you know, um, commercial real estate space or a multifamily space with, you know, multiple HVAC units or water control systems being able to actively predict when there might be a failure by doing mean time between failure analysis on on parts and, and putting those in routine maintenance um, cycles versus reactive cycles. You're, you're, you're now taking time out of the equation where you're having to dispatch somebody when they could already be there by a routine cycle and replacing a part predictively, not upsetting your customers, right? Because you're not having downtime with those pieces and or causing damage, right? And so I think as we go forward, we're going to see more analytics come into play, more predictive maintenance and kind of the examples that I gave there, you know, because real estate and all its manifestation is such a core part of, of all aspects of our lives. I think the more that we adopt these technologies to, you know, put smart, um, you know, systems in place, the better it's, it's going to be for everyone. That's great. Why do you think real estate has been such, you know, a technology laggard as a sector? Yeah, I think it's a cultural evolutionary thing, right? And I think we're starting to, to see that industry shift now. It's been such a person to person, um, you know, doing business on the back of a napkin type of an industry and, and other industries have really had to differentiate themselves from their competition you know, kind of adopt digitalization so they can set themselves apart. Look at retail, for instance. Retail industries are, I mean, their margins are so slim, so they have to try to find any competitive advantage that they can to set themselves apart from their competition. I think, you know, going back to what we were just talking about a minute ago with the pandemic, I think that now that really drove adoption of technology um, in this space, and we're starting to see that um, accelerate. Um, you know, as we go forward, I think you're also seeing, you know, regulations and compliance um, initiatives coming into play that, that drive the adoption of technology. So I think you're seeing a couple different, you know, motivations or, or catalysts that have come in to drive the, the adoption to technology. And then I think companies are going to start realizing that data is actually an, an asset to them. It's the new gold, it's the new oil, right? And so they're going to be able to use data through analytics as a competitive advantage. And those that embrace that and do that, they're going to set themselves apart from their competition and it's going to be a, become a true competitive differentiator for them. Well, Sean, I wish we had more time, but alas, all things must come to an end. This was amazing. I want to thank you, Sean, for taking the time to join us on the Payments Podcast and for continuing to be a great partner with PayModex. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Tom, and have a great day. You too. This has been Tom Dolan with the Payments Podcast. Thanks for joining us, and I'll see you next time. Payments Podcast from Bottom Line Technologies.